Today in Genesis, we're going to go through Genesis 22 through 26. You'll be reading about the sacrifice of Isaac, the death of Sarah, the uh, the wife finding whole drama for for Isaac and how that turns out. We'll also hear about the death of Abraham as well as the story of Isaac and Abimelech, which will sound a lot like the story of Abraham and Abimelech. Glad you're with me. Let's go ahead and get into the word. Welcome back. I'm Jennifer Richmond, and this is the Dwelling Richly Bible Study, where we love God, heart, soul, mind, and strength. We are women who enthusiastically and intentionally dwell in the Word and let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly. You can find Bible studies and video teaching like this on my blog and the Dwelling Richly podcast. Subscribe to this channel, hit that little church bell so you can get notified whenever I drop a new video. Let's get into the Word. All right, let's do just that and dwell richly together in God's Word. I'm so glad that you're here with me today. Let's open our time in prayer and jump right in. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for going before us as you always do to prepare our hearts and our minds with what we need so that we can better understand you through your Word. Bless our time together and thank you so much for this Bible study in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Welcome back, everybody. I'm glad that you're with me, as I said, and just looking forward to diving into these chapters with you today. Uh, we're over in lesson one. It's, it's day five. And today we're going to be reading straight through Genesis 20 through through 26. Sometimes when we begin a study, a day of prayer, uh, we want to kind of reset and really rethink. So I hope that in your personal prayer time, you're thinking about that as well and um, how you're learning through this Bible study and pray for focus and, and not just being able to, you know, get things done. So thank you for being here with me because this is an act of being focused, right, and engaging in our community. Also, we're memorizing Isaiah 40 verse 28 for this lesson. And on memorize and meditate our focus for today is that we're not just memorizing we're developing the spiritual discipline of meditation so while you're writing isaiah 40 28 breathe deeply <laughs> focus on the words and thank god for his word and meditate as you write i know if you're like me your schedule can get tight and busy and your to-do list and bible study can end up on that and being in god's word can as well Sometimes it takes just that intentional moment of saying, you know, not today. I, today I'm going to be in the word in a meditative way and just let God's word wash over in and through us as we go. So as we read and engage today, consider any connections, especially to the New Testament. Genesis 22 contains one of the most powerful and challenging accounts. Uh, we're going to dive into that a little bit as we just read, but really going to be looking forward to getting that into that with you when we actually get to that that lesson um, in our study together. So consider including your emotional reaction to the passages today, but really actually every day. There's nothing wrong with writing your gut feeling or how you're responding. Even if you don't feel like it's very Christian to respond that way, don't worry about that. Just write out how you're feeling, write your thoughts about it. If you're angry, mad, disappointed, frustrated, you know, weirded out, <laughs> what you're reading it's okay include that include that thought process it's part of dwelling richly in the word and not just you know reading to get it done that's exactly what we're all about here in this study so let's go ahead and take a look at uh, chapter 22 i'm going to read straight through chapter 26 and i'll pause to make a couple of comments as we read and as i think through it as well just things that i think are going on in my own brain and also maybe might mean something to you as always pencil 
eyeliner pencils ready to go. And then let's go ahead, I'll switch screens and get Genesis 22 up there for us. Here we go, Genesis 22. Sometime after these things, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, Abraham replied. God said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah. Offer him up there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will indicate to you. All right, so pause right here. Again, this is one of those emotional moments where you might just gloss over it, especially especially those of us who've been raised in the church and you already know how this story ends. You already know the main players, but we I want you to try to read through with a new mindset and enter into the possible shock factor of what you're reading. God is asking him to sacrifice his son. And, uh, you know, read, a lot of us coming into scripture are already reading with all of scripture in mind. You already know how the story ends all the way through to Revelation. You're thinking about that. But also consider the possibility of reading as if you're just brand new to this. You've never had one little moment of religious training in the Bible little or Judaism um, at all. You have no frame of reference. Imagine how it would feel to come across and read this and think along those lines and really avoid just recycling old emotions and old thought processes because what will happen is you'll channel into that and you'll be less likely to have aha moments and experience it for the first time. So I want to encourage you as we continue to read to try to separate. I mean, you'll have that channel going of, yeah, I've read this story before. I know how this ends. And concurrent with that, also try to think in your mind, like, how would someone just barely approaching scripture, knowing nothing about any of these guys, how would they be reading this and continue to jot down your thoughts as you go? It'll do two things. It'll sharpen your awareness for you personally, but it'll also make you a better evangelist, a better witness, someone who can better, more effectively share the gospel. And that's what this is all about, equipping you to be able to share your faith, your, the gospel, and help people understand it as well. So... Just some thoughts to think about <laughs> in this. All right, let's go ahead on with verse three. Early in the morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took two of his young servants with him, along with his son, Isaac. When he had cut the wood for the burnt offering, he started out for the place God had spoken to him about. Make sure you've marked that on your map and jot down locations again in green highlighter. On the third day, Abraham caught sight of the place in the distance. So he said to his servants, you stay here with the donkey while the boy and I go up there. We will worship and then return to you. Abraham took the word for the burnt offering and put it on his son Isaac. Then he took the fire and the knife in his hand, and the two of them walked on together. Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father, his father Abraham, my father, what is it, my son? He replied, here is the fire and the wood, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham replied. The two of them continued on together. When they came to the place God had told him about, Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood on it. Next, he tied up his son Isaac and placed him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand, took the knife, and prepared to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he answered. Do not harm the boy, the angel said. Do not do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God because you did not withhold your son, your only son, from me. Again, reading through this, we're here in verse 12. Pause right here. Reading through this, you should be highlighting things, little notes like this, your son, your only son, because you should be connecting back to, wait, I know he has another son, Ishmael. Why is he calling him 
the only son. So make note of those types of things and uh, let's continue reading. Abraham looked up and saw behind him a ram caught in the bushes by its horn. So he went over and got the ram and offered it as a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place the Lord provides. It is said to this day, in the mountain of the Lord, provision will be made. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, I solemnly swear by my own name, decrees the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will indeed bless you. I will greatly multiply your descendants so that they will be as countless as the stars in the sky or the grains of sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the strongholds of their enemies because you have obeyed me. All the nations of the earth will pronounce blessing on one another using the name of your descendants. Then Abraham returned to his, his servants and they set out for Beersheba where Abraham stayed. After these things, Abraham was told, Milcah also has borne children to your brother Nahor. Uz the firstborn, his brother Buzz, Kamel, uh, Kemuel, the father of Aram, Kased, Hazo, Pildsa, uh, Pildash, uh, and Jidlaf and Bethuel. Man, these names are killing me. <laughs> these are challenging. Even the short ones are challenging sometimes. Now, Bethuel became the father of Rebekah. These are the eight sons of Milcah, born to Abraham's brother Nahor, his concubine, whose name was Reuma, uh, also bore him children, Teba, Gaham, Tahash, and Makkah. All right, chapter 23. Sarah lived 127 years. Then she died in Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, the land of Canaan. Abraham went to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. Then Abraham got up from his mourning, his mourning his dead wife, and said to the sons of Heth, "I am a foreign resident, a temporary shelter among you, a settler among you. Grant me ownership of a burial site among you, so that I may bury my dead." The sons of Heth answered Abraham, "Listen." Sir, you are a mighty prince among us. You may bury your dead in the choicest of our tombs. None of us will refuse you his tomb to prevent you from burying your dead. Abraham got up, bowed down to the local people, the sons of Heth. Then he said to them, If you agree that I may bury my dead, then hear me out. Ask Ephron, the son of Zoar, if he will sell me the cave of Machpelah that belongs to him. It is at the end of his field. Uh, let them let him sell it to me publicly for the full price so that I may own it as a burial site. Now Ephron was sitting among the sons of Heth. Ephron the Hittite replied to Abram in, Abraham in the hearing of the sons of Heth before all who entered the gate of the city. No, my lord, hear me out. I sell you both the field and the cave that is in it. In the presence of my people, I sell it to you. Bury your dead. Abraham bowed before the local people and said to Ephron in their hearing, Hear me if you will. I pay to you the price of the field. Take it from me so that I may bury my dead there. Ephron answered Abraham, saying to him, Hear me, my lord. The land is worth 400 pieces of silver. But what is that between you and me? So bury your dead. So Abraham agreed to Ephron's price and weighed out for him the price that Ephron had quoted in the hearing of the sons of Heth, 400 pieces of silver, according to the standard measurement of the time. So Abraham secured Ephron's field in Machpelah next to Mamre, including the field, the cave that it was in, and all the trees that were in the field and all around its border, at his, as his property in the presence of the sons of Heth before all who entered the gate of Ephron's city. After this, Abraham buried his wife Sarah in the cave in the field of Mechpelah next to Mamre, that is Hebron, 
in the land of Canaan. So Abraham secured the field and the cave that was in it, a burial site from the sons of Heth. Lots of locations there. Uh, I would encourage you to make note of those. Those do come up again. Chapter 24. Now Abraham was old, well advanced in years, and the Lord had blessed him in everything. Abraham said to his servant, the senior one in his household who was in charge of everything he had, put your hand under my thigh so that I may make you a solemn promise by the Lord, the God of heaven, the God of the earth. You must not acquire a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I am living. You must go and said to my country and to my relatives to find a wife for my son Isaac. The servant asked him, what if the woman is not willing to come back with me to this land? Must I then take your son back to the land from which you came? Be careful never to take my son back there, Abraham told him. The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and the land of my relatives, promised me with a solemn oath to your descendants I will give this land. He will send an angel before you so that you may find a wife for my son from there. But if the woman is not willing to come back with you, you will be free from this oath of mine. But you must not take my son back there. The servant placed his hand under the thigh of his master, Abraham, gave his solemn promise that he would carry out his wishes. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed with all kinds of gifts from his master at his disposal. He journeyed to the region of Aram, Nerahim, and the city of Nahor. He made the camels kneel down by the well outside the city. It was evening, the time when the women would go out to draw water. He prayed, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, guide me today. Be faithful to my master Abraham. Here I am, standing by the spring, and the daughters of the people who live in the town are coming out to draw water. I will say to a young woman, please lower your jar so that I may drink. May the one you have chosen from your servant Isaac reply, drink, and I'll give your camels water too. In this way, I will know that you have been faithful to my master. Before he had finished praying, there came Rebekah with her water jug on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah. Milcah was the wife of Abraham's brother, Nahor. Now the young woman was very beautiful. She was a virgin. No man had ever been physically intimate with her. She went down to the spring, filled her jug, and came back up. Abraham's servant ran to meet her and said, Please give me a sip of water from your jug. Drink, my lord, she replied, and quickly lowering her jug to her hands, she gave him a drink. When she had done so, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too until they have drunk as much as they want. She quickly emptied her jug into the watering trough and ran back to the well to draw more water until she had drawn enough for all his camels. <laughs> That's quite a woman. Silently, the man watched her with interest to determine if the Lord had made his journey successful or not. After the camels had finished drinking, the man took out a gold nose ring weighing a becca and two gold wrist bracelets weighing 10 shekels and gave them to her. Whose daughter are you? He asked. Tell me, is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night? She said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, whom Milcah bore to Nahor. We have plenty of straw and feed, she added, and room for you to spend the night. The man bowed his head and worshipped the Lord, saying, Praise be to the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not abandoned his faithful love for my master. The Lord has led me to the house of my master's relatives. The young woman ran and told her mother's household all about these things. Now Rebekah had a brother named Laban. Laban rushed out to meet the man at the spring. When he saw the bracelet on his sister's wrist and the nose ring and heard his sister Rebekah say, This is what the man said to me, he went out to meet the man. 
There he was standing by the camels near the spring. Laban said to him, Come, you who are blessed by the Lord, why are you standing out here when I have prepared the house and a place for the camels? So Abraham's servant went to the house and unloaded the camels. Straw and feed were given to the camels, and water was provided so that he and the men who were with him could wash their feet. When food was served, he said, I will not eat until I have said what I want to say. Tell us, Laban said. I am the servant of Abraham, he began. The Lord has richly blessed my master, and he has become very wealthy. <laughs> wealthy. The Lord has given him sheep and cattle, silver and gold, male and female servants, and camels and donkeys. My master's wife Sarah bore a son to him when she was old, and my master has given him everything he owns. My master made me swear an oath. He said, you must not acquire a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I am living, but you must go to the family of my father and to my relatives and to find a wife for my son. But I said to my master, what if the woman does not want to go with me? He answered, the Lord before whom I have walked will send his angel with you. He will make your journey a success and you will find a wife for my son among my relatives from my father's family. You will be free from your oath if you go to my relatives and they will not give her to you. Then you will be free from your oath. When I came to the spring today, I prayed, O Lord God of my master Abraham, if you have decided to make my journey successful, may events unfold as follows. Here I am, standing by the spring. When the young woman goes out to draw water, I'll say, please give me a little water to drink from your jug. Then she will reply to me, drink and I'll draw water for your camels too. May that woman be the one whom the Lord has, has chosen for my master's son. Before I finished praying in my heart, along came Rebecca with her water jug on her shoulder. She went down to the spring and drew water, so I said to her, Please give me a drink. She quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder and said, Drink, and I'll give your camels water too. So I drank, and she also gave the camels water. Then I asked her, Whose daughter are you? She replied, The daughter of Bethuel, the son of Nahor, whom Milcah bore to Nahor. I put the ring in her nose and the bracelets on her wrist. Then I bowed down and worshiped the Lord. I praised the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who had led me on the bright path to find the granddaughter of my master's brother for his son. Now you will show faithful love to my master. Tell me, but if not, tell me as well so that I may go on my way. Then Laban and Bethuel replied, this is the Lord's doing. Our wishes are of no concern. Rebecca stands here before you. Take her and go so that she may become the wife of your master's son, just as the Lord has decided. When Abraham's servant heard their words, he bowed down to the ground before the Lord. Then he brought out gold, uh, silver jewelry and clothing and gave them to Rebecca. He also gave valuable gifts to her brother and to her mother. After this, he and the men who were with him ate a meal and stayed there overnight. When they got up in the morning, he said, let me now leave so that I can return to my master. But Rebecca's brother and her mother replied, let the girl stay with us a few more days, perhaps 10, then she can go. But he said to them, don't detain me. The Lord has granted me success on my journey. Let me leave now so that I may return to my master. Then they said, we'll call the girl and find out what she wants to do. So they called Rebecca and asked her, do you want to go with this man? She replied, I want to go. So they sent her sister Rebecca on her way, accompanied by her female attendant with Abraham's servant and his men. They blessed Rebecca with these words. Our sister, may you become the mother of thousands of ten thousands. May your descendants possess the strongholds of their enemies. Then Rebecca and her female servants mounted the camels and rode away with the man. So Abraham's servant took Rebecca and left. Now Isaac came from Beer the High Roi, for he was living in the Negev. 
He went out to relax in the field in the early evening. Then he looked up and saw that there were camels approaching. Rebecca looked up and saw Isaac. She got down from her camel and asked Abraham's servant, Who is that man walking in the field toward us? That is my master, the servant replied. So she took her veil and covered herself. The servant told Isaac everything that had happened. Then Isaac brought Rebekah into his mother Sarah's tent, and he took her as his wife and loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Wow, right? So very long chapter, uh, very engaging story. You can, I'm sure, picture it as you go into your mind. And I'd encourage you, if you're lost a bit, you know, look through uh, images, just search on images on Google. It'll help you to come up and understand this story. And uh, uh, let's go ahead and continue on. It's just, I love that. I love that chapter of this, how it worked, things worked in ancient Near East and, um, and just how different it is, of course, than today. And then, of course, knowing what's going to happen later on in the story just brings it all together even more. So for me, I hope so it does for you as well. All right. Chapter 25, the death of Abraham. Abraham had taken another wife named Keturah. She bore him Zimran, Jokshan, Midan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. Jokshan became the father of Sheba and Dedan. The descendants of Dedan were the Asherites, Letushites, Leumites. The sons of Midian were Ephah, Epher, Hanak, Abida, Eldah. All these were descendants of Keturah. Everything he owned, Abraham left to his son Isaac. But while he was still alive, Abraham gave gifts to the sons of his concubines and sent them off to the east away from his son Isaac. Abraham lived a total of 175 years. Then Abraham breathed his last and died at a good old age. An old man who had lived a full life, he joined his ancestors. His sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah near Mamre in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar the Hittite. This was the field Abraham had purchased from, his, from the sons of Heth. After Abraham's death, God blessed his son Isaac. Isaac lived near Beer Lahai Roi. This is the account of Abraham's son, Ishmael. Now, I want to pause here. We've heard this exact phrasing. This is the account of, and then a name. And if you haven't already, I'd encourage you to go back through, just page quickly through, and see each time that phrasing is used. Highlight it, underline it, circle it, or what have you. It's just going to be an important part of a future lesson, and maybe having it already bookmarked and having think uh, thinking along those lines uh, will help you. So go ahead and make a note of that today and uh, look for that as we continue with the rest of this um, study through Genesis as well. Again, verse 12. This is the account of Abraham's son Ishmael, whom Hagar, the Egyptian, Sarah's servant, bore to Abraham. These are the names of Ishmael's sons by their names according to their records. Uh, Nabayoth, Ishmael's firstborn, Kedar, Abdil, Ad, Beal, sorry, Mibsham, Mishma, Duma, Masa, Hadad, Tima, Jetur, Nafish, and Kirma. These are the sons of Ishmael, and these are the names by the settlements and their camps, 12 princes according to their clans. Ishmael lived a total of 137 years. He breathed his last and died. And then he joined his ancestors. His descendants settled from Havilah to Shur, which runs next to Egypt all the way to Asher. They settled away from all their relatives. Verse 19. This is the account of Isaac. Here's that phrase again, right? The son of Abraham. Abraham became the father of Isaac. 
When Isaac was 40 years old, he married Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean from Padan, Aram, and sister of Laban, the Aramean. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer, and his wife, Rebekah, became pregnant. But the children struggled inside her, and she said, Why is this happening to me? So she asked the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples will be separated from within you. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. When the time came for Rebekah to give birth, there were twins in her womb. The first came out reddish all over like a hairy garment, so they named him Esau. When his brother came out with his hand clutching Esau's heel, they named him Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when they were born. When the boys grew up, Esau became a skilled hunter, a man of the open fields. But Jacob was an even-tempered man living in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he had a taste for fresh game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Now, Jacob cooked some stew, and when Esau came in from the open fields, he was famished. So Esau said to Jacob, feed me some of the red stuff. Yes, the red stuff, because I am starving. That is why he was also called Edom. But Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright. Look, said Esau, I'm about to die. What use is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear an oath to me now. So Esau swore an oath to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew. Esau ate and drank, then got up and went out. So Esau despised his birthright. Now, pause here again. I mentioned this the other day, uh, but to create a, a Genesis menu. If you haven't already done that, here we are again with more food mentioned. This is going to happen again in Genesis. So if you haven't already done that, once again, I do encourage you to grab your notes. I like to keep uh, my notes either in my three ring binder along with Genesis or just in a uh, composition book like this one. So a Genesis menu. I encourage you to do that. It's kind of fun. You'll enjoy it and you'll see why later on in our study. All right, chapter 26, and we'll wrap up here. There was a famine in the land subsequent to the earlier famine that occurred in the days of Abraham. Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines at Gerar. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Settle down in the land that I will point out to you. Stay in this land, then I will be with you and bless you. For I will give all these lands to you and to your descendants, and I will fulfill the solemn promise I made to your father, Abraham. I will multiply your descendants so they will be as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give them all these lands. All the nations of the earth will pronounce blessings on, on one on one another, using the name of your descendants. All this will come to pass because Abraham obeyed me and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So Isaac settled in Gerar. When the men of that place asked him about his wife, he replied, this should sound familiar, new dog, old tricks, right? He replied, she's my sister. He was afraid to say she's my wife, for he thought to himself, the men of this place will kill me to get Rebecca because she's very beautiful. After Isaac had been there a long time, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, happened to look out a window and observed Isaac caressing his wife, Rebekah. So Abimelech summoned Isaac and said, she's really your wife? Why did you say she's my sister? Isaac replied, because I thought someone might kill me to get her. Then Abimelech exclaimed, what in the world have you done to us? One of the men nearly took your wife to bed and you would have brought guilt on us. So Abimelech commanded all the people, whoever touches this man or his wife will surely be put to death. 
When Isaac planted in that land, he reaped in the same year a hundred times what he had sown, because the Lord blessed him. The man became wealthy. His influence continued to grow until he became very prominent. He had so many sheep and cattle and such a great household of servants that the Philistines became jealous of him. So the Philistines took dirt and filled up all the wells that his father's servants had dug back in the days of his father Abraham. Hey, it's a creepy thing to do. <laughs> then Abimelech said to Isaac, leave us and go elsewhere, for you have become much more powerful than we. So Isaac left there and settled in the Gerar Valley. Isaac opened the wells that had been dug back in the days of his father Abraham, for the Philistines had stopped them up after Abraham died. Isaac gave these wells the same names his father had given them. When Isaac's servant dug in the valley and discovered a well with fresh flowing water there, the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, the water belongs to us. So Isaac named the well Esek because they argued with him about it. His servants dug another well, but they quarreled over it too. So Isaac named it Sitna. Then he moved away from there and dug another well. They did not quarrel over it. So Isaac named it Rehoboth, saying, For now the Lord has made room for us and we will prosper in the land. From there Isaac went up to Beersheba. The Lord appeared to him that night and said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for the sake of my servant, Abraham. Then Isaac built an altar there and worshiped the Lord. He pitched his tent there and his servants dug a well. Now Abimelech had come to him from Gerar along with Ahuzah, his friend, and Epichol, the commander of his army. Isaac asked them, why have you come to me? You hate me and sent me away from you. They replied, we could plainly see the Lord is with you, so we decided there would be a pact between us, between us and you. Allow us to make a treaty with you, so that you will not do us any harm, just as we have not harmed you, but have always treated you well before sending you away in peace. Now you are blessed by the Lord. So Isaac held a feast for them, and they celebrated. Early in the morning, the men made a treaty with each other. Isaac sent them off. They separated on good terms. That day, Isaac's servants came and told him about the well they had dug. We have found water, they reported. So he named it Sheba. That is why the name of the city has been Beersheba to this day. When Esau was 40 years old, he married Judith, the daughter of Beri, the Hittite, as well as Basemath, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite. They caused Isaac and Rebekah great anxiety. That wraps up our uh, time together today, Genesis 22 to 26. Lots of answers, lots of questions. Hopefully lots of good details you've recorded as you've gone through this study. And uh, I just enjoy this time together so much because I know as I'm reading it aloud, I'm rethinking it. And as you're just plain out reading it, hopefully you're thinking it through again, even from what you've learned before. So thank you once again for being here. Be sure to hit that like button and drop a comment. Let me know you're here. And as always, know that you are loved and prayed for. And I look forward to being back here again with you real soon. Bye-bye for now.